Hi, I'm David Collins, and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to episode 65 of the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm your host, Fabio Molle. This week, I speak to ATP Tour Dubs coach Dave Collins. Dave is the coach at John Pierce and Mike Venus, as well as being the head coach at the prestigious St. George's Hill Tennis Club in the UK. We talk about coaching the pros, coaching at club level, advice for amateur doubles players, his upcoming webinar with us and more. The free webinar series where we speak to specialists in all area of tennis kicks off this week and you can go to functionaltennis.com forward slash webinar, get all the info and register. Before we get started, a shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger. If you have any Slinger bag related questions, you can drop me a message anytime and I'll be glad to assist. Okay, let's chat to Dave. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Hi, Fabio. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Uh, great to have you on. And with doubles being such a key part of the game outside the pro world and in the pro world, I just great to have a doubles expert on the show and learn a bit about more about you and doubles. So maybe you can start by telling the listeners just a, b- a bit about you, where you're located, what you're up to right now, and we can take it from there. I'm located in, in Surrey in the UK. And I'm the head coach at St. George's Hill Lawn Tennis Club. It's a club that's 107 years old, so it's been there a long time. We've got about 4,000 members, and it's a pretty busy range of courts, et cetera, et cetera. And doubles is pretty, is pretty busy throughout the club. Okay, so 4,000 members, that's, that's a lot of members. Are they, how many of them are active now? So it, it, the membership split between different categories. We've got a health and fitness section. We've got obviously tennis and we've got a pool and we've got some squash as well. Um, about 2,000 play play tennis, including the juniors. So it's a pretty busy setup we've got there. Well, and how many courts do you have? We've got 33 courts with a mixture of different surfaces, indoors, grass, uh, different types of artificial clay. So we've, we've got a full range. Oh, nice. And you're, you're the head coach there? Uh, yep, I'm the head coach. We've got a team of 12 coaches. So yeah, it's coaching is very busy at the club, especially now with people coming out of lockdown and tennis being such a good thing to do with social distancing, etc. Have the tennis numbers gone up since this time last year? Uh, the participation has, yeah. The courts are really busy from sort of morning till night with lots of people working from home um, and, and sneaking out at lunchtime for a game of tennis with their friends. So it, it, it's pretty busy, yeah. And tell me, you're also the doubles coach of two great well a great doubles team John from John Pierce and Mike Venus how do you manage being the head coach at such a big club and also working with these guys so yeah it's it's challenging sometimes um I'm not on the road with them a, a massive amount I, I do some events um as and when we can fit it in and it, it works for all of us but when they're back in the UK back at base we we work at the club and we fit it in around the, the day-to-day club work and club coaching that I do. The members like to see the, the guys around. The guys get involved on the court with some of the members, which is great. And the, the members really enjoy that. They do some exhibitions and clinics and things. So it's, it's, it's nice to have them around. Great. And 
You're, you're having a good week this week. They, they took a nice English scalp in the first round in Rome. Yeah, they did. They played um, Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski first round, and which obviously Jamie was was one of John's previous partners. And then yesterday they came through 14-12 in the final set breaker against John's partner from last year, which was Henry Continent, the, the Finnish guy. At the top level, they're all playing people they've played before, which must make it so interesting. How from how do you coach or how do players deal with knowing that the other guy knows all their secrets or patterns? Maybe is a better word. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, lots of players play with with certain patterns and they do specific things at certain times. So it's it's you know we speak regularly before the matches um, and go through what the opponents, what we might expect them to do, what they did against them last time. If they did it against them last time and it was successful they'll probably do it again if if it didn't work then the opponent will change it so we've got to be prepared for things to change and it might change through the course of a match so nobody plays exactly the same way all of the time what worked before may not work this time or you know it's coming so you're preparing for it is best for them and is comfortable for them and hope it it does the job on the day other players will play in a more strategic way to try and unlock what we're trying to do on the court do you find one works better where there's two ways player can feel comfortable going out and just playing his own game or a team, let's say, can feel comfortable, go out, play their own game and not worry about the other team. Or you can go out and unlock the other player's weaknesses, which may upset your game a little bit. Do you find teams do one or the other or they mix it up? Uh, I think they mix it up. And I think for for John and Mike, I think they play their best tennis when they do the things that they do well. And we we tweak it a little bit according to who they're playing against. For me, as a, an amateur tennis player, I find it important for me to work on my own game. Sometimes you concentrate on too much strategy on the other player's weaknesses. It can I may not be good at exploiting the other player's weakness, and if I concentrate on, it, I actually don't play so well. So for me, at the lower level, I I try and do what I know best, and win or lose, that's what I'll do. Yeah, that's a that's a good strategy too. And tell me, so you're on the phone to these every day? So yeah, we we speak or we WhatsApp or yeah, on a daily basis, sort of before the matches, after the matches. So it's we gather the data on their matches. So they've got the the data with, with in terms of you know their serve numbers and their return numbers and points won, et cetera, et cetera. And then we'll we'll look at the data from the opponents or the next match. Um, and have a look if there's anything that stands out that, that we need to look for. The guys they play next, they've, they've not played before, but the guys have won two matches back-to-back. They're a wild card in the tournament, so they're clearly playing well. The Italian lads? Yes. They're doing well, the Italians, aren't they, this week? Yep. Yep, very good. There seems to be a surge in, in Italian tennis, so they're doing some some good things over there. Yeah, normally they matured a bit later in life, but there seems to be, uh, with Sinner doing so well, uh, obviously... There's Berrettini, who's a bit older, who came out of nowhere, really. And then uh, Musetti has a couple of good wins, who I thought he was going to be good, but didn't expect him to get the wins this soon at that level. Yeah, he's had some two, two good matches. The first two matches there, he's done really well for someone so young. It's strange, isn't it, when somebody breaks on the tour, be it male or female, where they have that little runway for a while where nobody knows how to play them. Yeah. And then it then they disappear for two years or three years and all of a sudden they're back again. They figured it out and they're causing trouble. 
to kind of to get the little honeymoon period. Yeah, they're sort of an unknown entity to start with, where, where people haven't got much information on them. And obviously, the more they play, the more exposure they get, the more the players and the coaches see them, and they can start to formulate ways to unlock how they play. Mm. Well, we said he's an interesting one where they say he's a bit of Raf in him, a bit of Novak in him and a bit of Feder in him. He's just a good combination of those three players, which makes an exciting prospect in the future, I hope. Yeah, that's if you could choose a player to make up of three different players, that's probably the three you'd choose. So he's got a good future ahead of him. A, a bit of Murray grit in there would be good as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I tell you, so you, you just briefly talked about stats there. Do you get your stats from the ATP Tour? Is that where you get most of it from? So the the ATP Tour will do the team stats, um, but I do the individual stats. So each player will have their own individual stats for the match. And I do that myself during the match, or if I don't, if I'm not sort of sitting on the court with them or or I don't get a chance to see the match live, I'll do it after the match. But um, yeah, those, those stats are done and we give them to them after each uh, as soon as I can after the match is finished. So then they know where, where they're at at the moment. What are the most, what are the five most important stats you take from a match that you give back to the players? I'm not sure if you can, could be secret information, but <laughs> if you can share it with us, it would be great. Yeah, so we, we look at obviously first serve percentage and then first serve points one, same with the second serve. Um, and then the same with the return first and second serve balls in play and how many points are won. Obviously, some of that will depend on your partner and what they're doing at the net. But then there'll be more detailed stats about which side it was, whether it's forehand backhand, whether the serve went forehand backhand, whether they, you know, different formations. We'll do stats on some of the formations as well of, of them and also their opponents. So whether they played regular on the juice side rather than eye formation and see how that worked against a certain player. Because all of that is information that we can use further down the line if they play the the same people again which in doubles they do a lot of the time so you must have a big notebook yeah it's a, <laughs> two or three notebooks they're filling up the playbook and what are the players have you worked with dave so uh with with john and with mike for those guys for the last probably i've known john longer than than mike then mike moved over to the uk um and then came over and, and joined our club about two two and a half years ago um, I currently work with two other players as well. I work with Emily Appleton, who's 21, and she's ranked around 650 currently. And also uh, a young British guy called Max Basing, who's got a couple of ATP points. He's only 17, and he's ranked currently about 1,400. So it, it's quite good. There's, it's, I've got my finger in a few different pies in, in sort of the different parts of the tour, which is really nice and really exciting. And on my bit of research, I didn't know. There wasn't much about you on Google now. I know our mutual friend, James Kluski, said a few good things about you. And you are the UK 35s double champ. Yep, we won that last uh, last summer. We didn't play it this summer, obviously, because of the virus. The tournament wasn't held. But last summer, yeah, myself and my partner, Mark Byme, we, we won the over 35s, um, which was held at the All England Club, which was really nice on the grass. That's 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 very nice. Get to keep the trophy for another year because it wasn't played this year. That's amazing. A bit like Novak. <laughs> well, same same venue but different competition. It's same place. It, it, it all counts. And yeah, the hopes so. are. Do you play any of the veteran events, the ITF World Champs? So yeah, I've played a couple of times. Um, I've played for Great Britain a couple of times in the World Championships, once in Florida and once down in South Africa a couple of years ago. In the team event, not not the individual event. You don't stay for week two. No, had to get back to work. 
Tell me, uh, this week was the week of the World Championships in UMAG, Croatia. They were cancelled. I was meant to be there. And unfortunately, I'd, I'd planned the year around it, but we knew early on it wasn't going to happen, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. L let's go back to the start. You were on the pro tour for a while. Yeah, I played pro for a while. I played for maybe, I don't know, five or six years. Did okay, got a ranking in singles and doubles. My doubles ranking was a bit higher, around 350, something like that. Singles was about 800, so had more success at doubles. Actually played with, I think, a friend of yours, maybe Owen Casey, a couple of times. We played together in Portugal and, and won a couple of futures events down there back in the day. Owen Casey's a great lad. Uh, he's one of my coaches, actually, back in the day. And I still he's still coaching our club now. He's he guy loves coaching, absolutely loves tennis. And he's a great coach as well. A really great coach. So he's a good lad. And did you go straight into the pro tour from, did you go to college or did you just go straight into it? No, straight, straight in from school. I didn't, didn't go to college. Went straight in after finishing school and then and, and tried my luck. But yeah, like I said, I did okay, but not enough to make a living as, as with a lot of players. And then went into coaching um, after about probably five or six years, like I say, um, competing. How did you get involved then working with pros? It came about with the first sort of top doubles guy I worked with, obviously, was John. That came about. John was working with Chris Eaton at the time. Um, and then Chris got a job over in the States as the college coach. And I forget now where Chris is coaching at which college. But it'll come to me probably. And then Chris moved over. So I helped John a little bit. Um, and then we sort of as as time went on, we did more and more together. And yeah, so that, that that's really how it how it worked out. Emily Appleton, I've been working with for probably since she was about thirteen or so, I would say on and off. Um, she did well, uh, finished juniors top ten, and so she's now finding or fighting her way up the rankings in that transition period from from junior to to pro, and and she's doing pretty well. So Chris Eaton is at Wake Forest. Wake Forest, that's right. Which is they're one of the best teams in the states. If not, are they up? Are they the best? Or they're up there anyway. Yeah, they're up there. So they've got Chris's doubles expertise over there too. Since you've been working with John, have you gone on the road much in the early days? So no, I started first time I went away with them was probably two two and a half years ago. I would say I did some of the events here in the UK first. Some of it obviously is is determined by my sort of day-to-day -day job at the club um but like i said i think before as and when it works for for all of us um when it works with everyone's schedule then i go away whenever i can okay and do you have any good tour stories for us it's been a few episodes since we've got some good stories and some of our listeners have been missing some stories so maybe you can shed light on something interesting some good stories uh let's have a think I'll have to come back to that, I think. We'll, we'll come back to that. You get working in the background there. Yeah. <laughs> come with something because, yeah, there's how, we find coaches have the best stories because they're just, I find they've been around longer. They can just chat better and they always come up with some funny stuff. Join over 10,000 people who have downloaded our free match and practice PDFs over at functionaltennis.com forward slash downloads. Our match and practice PDFs help you plan and evaluate your matches and practices. We have some other free downloads there for you too. So make sure you go over to functionaltennis.com forward slash downloads. So as a lot of our listeners, they're not professional players, they're amateurs, play club level, some juniors there. What bits of advice can you give them to to help their 
doubles game, like give me a, a couple of practice drills they can work on that are going to help them. I think at any level of doubles, I think when you're you're playing with somebody, it's good to try and establish a partner to play with. So you you play with them, maybe play with somebody a little bit more than you you play with another person. So you get to know a little bit about what they do and what they don't do. The main thing I would say would be to look at getting three or four different plays that you can work with. So whether it whether it be you know as basic as I'm going to try and serve to my opponent's backhand. And I'm going to try and hit as many forehands as possible because I don't serve and volley because lots of club players like to serve and stay back. And I, I want to serve into the backhand and then hit as many forehands as possible from the back of the court because most people, their forehand is, is a lot stronger than the backhand. And that's on both sides, whether it's on the ad side or the juice side. Jack Sox style. Exactly, yeah. It works for him. So, But that can be translated down to club level, like I said, because most players, their forehand is a lot, a lot better than the backhand. Yeah, no, I agree. Serving and volleying, it can be can be rough like if you're playing some good returners who are hitting the shoelaces on every return it can put you under a lot of pressure so staying back can be can be the right thing and what mistakes do you see doubles players at the amateur level make the most is there one thing they can cut out that could help them straight away I think a lot of it is their positioning where they where they're standing I think a lot of the amateur players feel like they need to cover the the tram line or the alley is as much as possible to try and stop the opponent hitting the ball down the line. Whereas in reality, the ball doesn't go down the line very often. So they, they'd be better standing a little further over, maybe towards the center of the service box. And then it'll help them maybe get involved with a few interceptions or poaches because they don't have so far to travel. Yeah, no, that's, that's some great advice. I think a lot of people have fear of getting a, a, a ball in the back of the head, don't they? Yeah, they, they do from their partner. It has to be a pretty bad serve to hit if your partner and if your partner hits you in the back of the head. So if he does it more than once, maybe choose a new partner. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. You don't and it's not that sore really if you get <laughs> it's more sore in the back if you get it in the back. And do you encourage like eye formation? Do you encourage that sort of play? Yeah, yeah, we try to. We try to introduce it at, um, to to all of our members so they get exposed to it. So then they can if they decide to use it. Um, they, they've practiced it a little bit, but obviously some of that will depend on the serve speed and some of it will depend on the serve accuracy. So most of our members at our, at our club, when they play, will play traditional doubles. Um, but the, the guys that are playing and the girls that are playing a little bit better, maybe we'll start to, to experiment with eye formation and, and, and doing a few more different things when they're out on the court. Yeah, because the uncertainty can can really help servers, can't they? It puts returners under a lot of pressure. Yeah, they're going to get some cheap points because they're not sure about what the net person's going to do. Um, so you're going to get some, some free ones because they're looking at the net guy rather than watching the ball and, and missing the return. Yeah, and it's a nice point. It's a nice play also on, let's say, whether it's, I know, in the next point after Juice has played a lot or advantage where you're stuck in that, advantage situation we just can't win that point and sometimes just a, a change up like that can get you as you said a free point get you a shank return or puts the return under pressure actually this is going to lead us on to a nice section here now where we hope to have dave on with our new webinars which are starting actually they're starting this week so but we're going to do a, a doubles specific uh webinar with Dave. We haven't really discussed it in depth what we're going to do, but do you have any ideas, Dave, what we're going to, what you're going to talk about on the webinar? Um, yeah, I think we can, we can go through some more, some more tactical things and maybe some more 
practical things that people can, can do and work on on the court to, to help their doubles and to try and get some maybe better results when they're they're playing out there or they're, maybe they're playing some people, certainly at club level, who they can't quite beat. So maybe we'll help them with a few sort of tips and a few tricks that can can show them to get the get the upper hand on people maybe they haven't got the better of before. I love it. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for those tips for myself now. Really excited. Uh, okay, so you're going to end this now shortly, but hopefully you're still working on those stories in the background. You work with John Pierce and, and Mike Venus. We'd love to, something we've never done on the podcast before, on the podcast before is have two people on at the one time and no better way to have a, a good uh, doubles parent having a bit of banter. Do you think we can arrange that? Yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure we can. I'll, I'll have a chat to them. I'm I'm sure they we can. We'll we'll try and find a time when they're they're not too busy and and they can we'll get them on. After after Roland, I'm sure it gets busy after Roland Garros as well. Maybe at some stage later in the year, but it'd be just really interesting to find out how they teamed up and you know a bit of their background information and yeah, that should be really exciting. So I look forward to that happening. And finally, two things. Any stories pop up? Anything that I can use in those, ep- in that episode with them that I can challenge them with? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come back to you with it, Fabio. That one. You're too nice. You're too nice. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, what about? I'm gonna end this with some advice for coaches out there who want to get into the pro game. W- what's your advice for them? I guess two two avenues, isn't there? Either the you, you'll find that some players will come to you because they've they've seen what you can do with or seen what you've done with other players or you know it, it may happen by chance you might find that somebody's moved into your area and they they suddenly need someone to to help them and you help them a little bit and they see a little bit of value of what you're doing and then maybe it, it grows and grows from there but i think one of the big things i would the big advice i'd say for coaches is never stop never stop learning keep keep learning keep keep watching the doubles keep looking at how the game has changed because it has dramatically over the years you know probably only 50% of the players now will serve and volley whereas in the old days it was probably 90% so so the game has changed for sure most of the returners are playing both back on the first serve um whereas in the past that would never happen there has even been an instance i think it was last year at the us open where the service partner was staying back and the guys that did that they won around so and i can't remember off the top of my head the name of them but i can get it to you well that's interesting and are you referred to as a doubles coach no i i do have a club role obviously which i do everything from you know from tots to the tour i guess you could say so with you know the little four-year-olds who are starting out with their mini red lessons and then working with the guys when they're here um so no I, I think a little bit of everything with tennis coaches they sort of you go to tennis coach they do everything are there tennis coaches out there where you'd say okay we need to work on the forehand we're going to ring coach over there we're going to work on a volley we're going to ring him a bit like i don't know i see tennis coaches a bit like a gp or a doctor where they sort of they do everything but is there coaches that are like a, a surgeon a different types of specialities that you recommend yeah, we we you know if there's if there's things that we need help with, you know, I'm more than happy to 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 speak to to people who are, are probably experts in a particular field. So I'm not just saying if I if I can't fix it, I'm more than happy to to seek advice from somebody who's who's better at that than I am. Lots of coaches are sometimes a bit shy of asking other people because they feel that the player may think that the coach doesn't know what they're doing, but actually the the player's doing the best job possible because they're trying to help the player in whatever way they can. Yeah, 
I agree with you. It's good that you can do that because I think you're right and inter- it's interesting. Last question. What's your best memory as a coach? Well, John obviously won the Australian Open in 2017. So we got up early to watch that, which which was, was pretty special to to have been helping him through that. Obviously, I wasn't down there, but but working with him before he went down back home to Australia, because that's where he lives, that was pretty special. Mike won the French Open also in 2017, but that was before I'd even spoken to Mike. So that I can't take any credit at all for that one. Um, the first tournament I worked on with Mike was Wimbledon 2018, and Mike made the final. So that that was a pretty a pretty good start to to our our relationship. And did you get to go to Wimbledon? Yeah, yeah. So I was I, because it was here in the UK. It was a lot easier to to be to be part of it and to be around um, and help out. So that was a pretty good start. Um, but it but it's been good. There's there's lots of good memories down down the road with them. And hopefully they're going to create a lot more. So great. Well, winning big titles is pretty. It's you know it's a big milestone for any coach. So congrats on being part of that team. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. I'm really excited for the webinar for my own game uh, personally, but I can't wait for it. (laughs) And if people go, I put up the link afterwards. If they go there, they can sign up and we'll have more information there. But thank you very much, Dave. Thank you very much indeed. Catch up soon. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Dave and are excited for upcoming free webinar with him where you can improve your doubles. Go to functionaltennis.com forward slash webinar to sign up and get more info. I'll be back next week, but until then, get on court and work on your serves and return. Bye.